Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodman Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Are you tired of watching the same old awesome movies? Are B-movies more your style? Then the folks over at They Call This A Movie have you covered. Join us every Thursday as we review the worst of the worst in sci-fi, action, comedy, and more. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean at theycallthisamovie.podbean.com. They Call This A Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. To an all new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I'm your host, Jawan, and I am joined by an amazing panel today. Starting off with Tia. What's going on, Tia? Hey, 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 guys. Excited to talk about all of the topics that we have today. And just in general, happy to have tomorrow off. Yeah, amen to that, right? Thank goodness. Um, what was I going to say? I completely, I was going to follow that up with something to you, and I, it just completely left my brain. Um, but he is actually on a back-to-back potting, uh, I guess, three, I guess you would call it. Um, so huge shout-out to Tia for potting. I think your last podcast ended, what, at, at noon? Uh, yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean. Super, close, super close to the last time you just you just potted. So huge shout out to you for committing and coming back for this second one. Um, oh, thank yeah. you for that. Too. But um, also welcoming back to the pod family, Dan. What's going on, Dan? Hey everyone, how's it going? Glad to be here. Glad to have you, man. I'm really starting to enjoy playing that uh that drop. Like, it, it just, it's now become, like, second nature to just hit play to it. Um, and I just realized, like, it comes in a little low, so I turned it up, and I'm like, sounds even better now. Um, but, yeah, man, glad to have you on. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we, obviously, we appreciate you playing it. And I, I'm getting more and more used to hearing my voice uh, on podcasts. So I never listen to my <laughs> own podcast because I hate the sound of my voice, but... It's helping me get over my, my phobia. Yeah, no, I am so with you. I can't do it. I, 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 I legit cannot do it. I can listen to other people's podcasts, but if I'm on it, can't hear myself. I just hate how I sound. So I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> like, I can't yeah, tell you how many we're, times. We're from the same cloth. Yes, we do. Yes, we yes we are, man. I can't tell you how many times Tia's like, Juwan, did you hear the last episode? I'm like, ugh. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I have to. Um, I have to hear back just to hear, like, you know, if I messed up, if there was anything on my end. So, and believe me, I too hate the sound of my voice, and it's something that I've really tried to overcome throughout the years. It's crazy because I think we all have great radio voices, um, but I mean, you know, it, it, it speaks volumes that we're able to hear how crazy we sound, but still actually come on and do these pods. 
So, I mean, you know, it just speaks to how dope we are. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> but, all right, let's get into trailer talk. Let's start off with some of the bigger trailers that we got this week. Let's start off with the biggest one that has caused the most controversy. Not bad, good, but in an annoying way, good. I'll I'll, I'll break down why I say that in a second. But, Tia, I'm going to go to you first. Your thoughts on the first official trailer for Morbius. So I have to say that at first it was like, okay, I had never heard of this character Morbius. So when they said that they were doing this film and they were getting Jared Leto for it, I didn't really pay attention because I'm like, I really don't know a whole lot about this character. I'm really not into the whole vampire thing. Um, And again, just like super kind of, forgot that this movie was even in existence and then when they dropped the trailer I have to tell you that I actually really liked it um it like I'll tell you this okay I was looking forward to the Venom movie just because you know Tom Hardy's in it and that first trailer and I want to say even the second trailer did nothing for me I was completely underwhelmed so the fact that this Morbius trailer comes and it's a character that I know nothing about. And I walked away going, huh, that looks pretty cool. I, I like the idea of uh, who Jared is playing, how he obviously has an illness. He's looking for very unconventional ways to help himself. And, I, you know, I think he looks great. I was like, shit, all right, he's, he's definitely gotten shape for this. And there's that one scene where he's like, uh, catching this like red ball or something and then he's like you know they're moving throughout like the hall like the hallway or something like that I think they, there looked like there was some really cool action shots in it and I love the music to it I saw a few people not liking the music to it but I loved it uh, generally just because I like that song in general I have like a little music box not that anyone needed to know that but just to let you know that's why I liked it. I was like, oh, this is really cool. It's like a, it's like a deconstructed version of it. Um, right. And I have to say, it did what I think a trailer should do, and it piqued my interest. Not that, say, it looks like the best movie ever made, but it had me sitting there going, I'm looking forward to this. I want to see more. I'm interested in seeing what they do with this movie, and we got a little bit of shot of what Jared Leto's going to look like in his full Morbius form, and I thought it looked pretty cool. And it's definitely a lot more than we were able to see in the first trailer of Venom. So I actually liked it more than I thought that I would have, and I am inter- now it makes me interested to see what is Sony doing with this whole Venom universe. Yeah, I, I, thought, the, um, I thought the trailer hit on a lot of very accurate comic moments um to be exact uh in the comics um actually when he goes and kind of like secludes himself to kind of like test himself out in the comics it was a it was a boat he was going on a boat to uncharted waters so he was out of the you know united states where it's illegal to do what he's doing um so they did helicopter instead of instead of boat okay still the same same thing um where you kind of see him kind of slicing through guys on what looks to be like a uh, a ship, uh, not a ship, um, like a, one of those big boats. Um, that's accurate to the comics. Um, I, 
I don't I don't love his look as Morbius. It kind of Jared Leto already has a face that looks like Morbius. So I kind of thought if you just hollowed out his face a little bit more, um, that would have been fine. He looks more beast than he does like vampire. Um, but again, this is very early on. The movie comes out, I think, later this later this year. I can't remember if it's summer or, or fall. Um, so maybe the look might improve a little bit. Um, this movie looks to me like I'll enjoy how accurate it is more so than I'll enjoy it being a, a good movie. Um, yeah, I, see, I think I told you it was the same feeling that I got from Venom. Venom just felt like it had moments that I'm like, I can't believe they did it. I can't believe they introduced, well, not introduced, but they showed that there is a Venom family. They showed She Venom. Uh, we had the teaser for Carnage at the end. Uh, the mention of J. Jonah Jameson's son uh, at the beginning. So, like, I'm like, there's a lot of points in here that I'm like, this is freaking awesome. Uh, but it just wasn't the best of movies. <laughs> so, but I still enjoyed it for what it was. So I kind of feel like Morbius might be a little bit more along those lines. Uh, before I pass it to Dan C, I want to ask you about the two most talked about points. One, mm-hmm. spray painting of Spider-Man where it says murderer. Uh, also noting that that suit is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> so I want, want your opinion on that. And then I want your opinion on, obviously, the scene that stole the show of the trailer. Michael Keaton's uh, Vulture popping up at the end. So it, it is funny, the whole murder thing, because I think because my eyes were trained on Morbius, I didn't notice that at first until obviously I saw people making the comments of it. And I said to myself, oh, that's cool, because they're clearly doing this after the events of Far From Home, where now the world thinks that Spider-Man, Spider-Man is a murderer. It is funny that it's Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. I am thinking maybe Sony's had to do that and couldn't use Tom Holland's. I'm not sure that was like a bad on their part. I didn't think that deeply into it as I think that other people are kind of thinking into it. I mostly just was looking at the fact that murderers written over it and saying to myself, well, this is cool that they're having that tie-in to our Tom Holland Spider-Man. And then obviously we got the real evidence that there is major ties in uh, with our current Spider-Man with Michael Keaton's Vulture. And I loved it because I had wanted to see Michael Keaton return for Far From Home. That was a rumor at some point that obviously then was kind of cleared up, but it was a rumor that I had really wanted to come to fruition. So I was happy to see Michael Keaton. I saw a lot of people like saying, that doesn't make sense, yada, yada, yada. And maybe I'm just like one of those kind of like easy breezy people that I'm like, I don't care if it makes sense or not that he's saying hi to Morbius or something like that. That is such a two-second clip. We don't know what it means. It doesn't mean anything, really. It doesn't mean if Michael Keaton's vulture is recruiting Morbius. It doesn't mean anything, really, until we see the movie. To me, I just thought it was cool because it seems like they are really working towards merging these universes. And I believe you had even said, Juan, that Morbius will be the movie to do that because he can, since he's in New York, and necessarily it's going to be a little more difficult for 
Venom because they're in L.A. So my general consensus is I thought both instances were really cool. And it almost took me a moment when Michael Keaton's uh, character went on screen to then realize, oh, yeah, that's right. One is Sony, one is Disney. This is a big deal. <gasps> um, so, yeah, I like both. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, this was a huge argument all over Twitter, and me and Joelle were talking about it. Under no circumstances should Venom or Morbius be a part of the Sinister Six. Under no circumstances. They're not part of the Sinister Six. As much as people would like the Sinister Six to be the Suicide Squad, it's not. Its members usually are the same. They swap one, maybe two, but it's usually the same roster. So, Sinister Six that I that I like is Doc Ock, um, Shocker, Rhino, L- not Lizard. Um, trying to think of of who else do I like in there, but I, I can tell you, no iteration has ever had Venom or Morbius, and it wouldn't make sense for Morbius to be in the Sinister Six because you're making him out to be your hero of this story. So I'm like. Why would he join the Sinister Six if you're trying to make him your hero? Um, so, I mean, this could completely just be that his those two characters had history um, and they run into each other. Maybe it could be Vulture pitches him the idea and he says no. Um, so, I mean, there's it's completely out of context. I also don't think, I heard this a lot, I don't think that that's a spoiler. I think if you're Sony, you need a way to sell this movie for people who could care less about Morbius or people who don't know what, like, does this connect to Spider-Man? Like, what is this? Best way to connect it is, hey, remember that movie you saw with Michael Keaton? He was the vulture fighting Spider-Man? Connected to that. So, I mean, I don't really think it's a spoiler. I, I think the next trailer will probably be more focused about the villain, which will be played by Matt Smith. Um... So, I mean, it was a solid trailer. I I thought it did what it needed to do to impress people who are Morbius fans and to bring in people who maybe weren't Morbius fans. Um, So I I just didn't think it was really a big deal. Um, This isn't as bad as when BVS had its third trailer and showed us Doomsday. When you did that, I'm like, that's a spoiler. (laughs) Because the rumor was going into that movie, I don't know if you remember, Tia, the rumor was that Lex Luthor was going to suit up in his um, in his robotic suit, and it was going to be Batman and Superman taking on Lex Luthor. So I'm like, for you to show Doomsday, that's a huge spoiler. I don't think showing uh, Vulture is that much of a spoiler because it could be completely out of context. Um, so I'm just I'm, I'm waiting to see. I'm, I'm not complaining about something I have no information to. But um, Dan, I'm going to go to you. Your thoughts on the first trailer for Morbius, and then your thoughts on Spider-Man, well, not cameo, but the Spider-Man graffiti, and then seeing Vulture at the end. Yeah, uh, I'm along the same lines as you, where, you know, the, I don't know if you've seen Django Unchained, where he says, you had my curiosity, but now you've piqued my interest. I'm the same way. I thought, you know, listen, like, I the I know Morbius from Blade, the comic like when he was introduced in Blade and I remember the last time I saw Morbius was the Spider Man nineteen nineties cartoon 
and obviously you have to uh, you have to dial him down a lot for a kid's cartoon, so he doesn't really do anything badass there. But at the same time, I I know you know he's a, he's a vampire. You could do some pretty cool stuff with him. But after seeing Venom, I was very I, I was very meh about this movie. And even Jared Leto coming off of a pretty lackluster performance as the Joker, there wasn't a whole lot of there wasn't a whole lot there to really get me going. But this trailer. This trailer really brought me back. I think, I think if nothing, it'll be an interesting movie. Uh, he looks awesome so far, and I, I think they will. I think they will do Venom best. Like they'll make this better than Venom. I I did not like Venom. I and I might be in the minority there, but I I was not a fan, and I think this will be better. Um, in terms of the Spider-Man. I think it, it kind of muddies the water a little bit uh, because, like you guys said, it's the Sam Raimi outfit. I so I don't know what that is. Is Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man a murderer, or is it Tom Holland's Spider-Man? And then I, I don't know what they're trying to do there. But I, I agree with you. They're they're trying to sell tickets. They're trying to get people invested in a very unknown character. Uh, and what better way to bring Spider-Man in? Uh, and then finally, the, the best part of the trailer, Michael Keaton, in my opinion. If you, if you have Michael Keaton in a movie, just consider consider me there. I've I've already bought the ticket. Uh, he is always great in everything he's been in. I've been a big fan of his for a long time. Uh, and his vulture, he was a, he was a good villain in a in a series where villains were usually lacking, he was probably one of the better villains in the MCU. Uh, I, I think they are going to try to do a sinister six, unfortunately for you, Juwan. Uh, but you know what? I'm here for it. If they want to put Morbius in there, let's give it a whirl. Like, why not? They've, they've tried everything. They've tried to do it other ways where they do have the original, it looks like the original roster, right? Rhino, Doc Ock, uh, I think Electro, whoever. And it's just yeah. well, let's let's do it this way. Let's try to get let's try to get some some new blood in there. No pun intended. Uh, but I'm for it, man. Like I'm gonna see this movie. I, I'm not super excited about it yet, but I'm definitely interested, and I'll, I think I'm I think I'm gonna be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, the the problem with you putting Venom or Morbius in a villain's team is the same problem I have with you doing a solo um, Black Adam movie because he's a villain. So now you're trying to make me sympathize with this villain. Um, so then if you do that, if you ever want to put um, Black Adam against Shazam, how are viewers going to be able to to decipher who's a good guy, who's a bad guy? Like, sure, could you have Black Adam come in and, like, blow up a school and be like, oh, he's clearly the bad guy? Yeah, but then it would still be confusing because it's like, wasn't he the hero in, like, his movie? Like, why is he now a bad guy? So if I'm watching Morbius to where the plot clearly looks like he's going to be the hero, then you turn him bad. You can't then turn him good again, (laughs) you know? Um, So I'm like... 
it, it's just a weird direction to go in. So I'm like, instead of confusing yourself, well, in the MCU have already set up most of Sinister Six. Just let them finalize it. Like, don't add Venom or Morbius. Well, so, well they've done. I'm sorry, go ahead, Tia. I apologize. No, 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 no. I was just going to say really quick, I mean, they've done the same thing with Loki like a million times. He's a good guy, he's a bad guy, he's a good guy, he's a bad guy. So why couldn't they, in theory, do the same thing with these other characters? Because Loki Loki has always been, anytime you've seen Loki do something good, it's been for family. It's not been to save the world. Once he did have that moment to save the world, it's because he had a full redemption story. I'm talking about the course of one or two movies. Like, Loki's been in at least eight movies to have this redemption. You going from Venom to Venom 2, good guy. Then Sinister Six, he's a villain? Where did that come from? Like, why? He just spent two movies saving the day. Why is he now want to kill the spider that he's never met before? <laughs> you know? Morbius. This is a spider you've never met before. Like, it, just the ideology behind it is, again, they could explain it, and then it makes sense, but it's like, logically, no. Like, you know, that'd be like Loki in Thor 1 is a villain, then in, like, Avengers, it's like, oh, he's, no, he's helping save the day. What? <laughs> Didn't he just want to kill all of humanity? Where, where did this come from? So that's why I'm saying it's a slippery slope that you don't need to go down. Just have Kevin Feige. He already has most of the Sinister Six in prison with him. Let Kevin Feige and the MCU finalize the Sinister Six. And then if you want to do something super cool, Sony, why not go the logic of having Venom, Spider-Man, and Morbius team up against the Sinister Six? That that seems more likely than you telling me these good guys are now bad guys. So to me, I'm like, you have options. Don't just go with the one that is the most illogical. <laughs> just so, you know, just because it's what Sony wants. To, like, no, come on. You can do things the right way. Have these guys help Spider-Man defeat the Sinister Six or just have it be Spider-Man versus the actual Sinister Six. No Venom, no Morbius. It, you can do that. Like, it, it, it's possible to do. I'm just saying... Why? Like, just why? Don't don't mess things up just for the sake of messing it up. It's weird. It won't make any sense. Um, and, and like I said, it's different from Loki because Loki had an actual arc to where he could be redeemed. It's the same thing for Kylo Ren, Tia. Like, he had a whole redemption. Picture if in the first movie he was a bad guy, and then in the second one he's he's helping save the galaxy. Well, that makes no sense. What happened in between? You know? So I'm like, just don't muddy the waters. But but uh, Dan, I, I'm sorry, you you wanted to say something. Uh, I was going to say I I agree with you. It is kind of confusing because a lot of people saw Venom, and now they recognize him as a, a good guy. Uh, but what I'm thinking they might try to do is possibly a maximum carnage type story because I mean they did introduce. Cassidy, and mm-hmm. we know that Spider-Man and Venom teamed up against Carnage. They've done it several times. So right. possibly that could be a way to have... I, I feel like they, Sony kind of put themselves behind the eight ball in terms of getting Spider-Man and Venom together. 
because again, yeah, you make you make Venom the good guy when really everybody knows Spider-Man hate or Venom hates Spider-Man. So it, it's it's it, like I said, it muddies the water a little bit. But if you're gonna try to pull off a Maximum Carnage storyline, it could make sense where, like you said, you have Morbius, Venom, and Spider-Man team up to stop Carnage and uh, Scorpion. I mean, they've, they've introduced the Scorpion in uh, Homecoming, and maybe Carnage decides to build his own team of villains. So there's ways to do it. I don't know if they're going to go that way, but we'll never know. We, uh, we, maybe we will know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm just saying there's there's ways to do team-ups. Like, if, if Sony's mindset is, I just want to see Spider-Man team up with these guys as much as possible, there's ways to do it. Why not make Venom 3, uh, ma- like you said, Maximum Carnage, where it's Venom and Spider-Man versus Carnage? Why not do a story to where you ask Marvel if you could borrow Dracula, um, and you do a team-up of Spider-Man and Morbius versus Dracula? Or... You know, if Marvel's really nice, you do uh, Morbius and Blade versus Dracula. So, like, you have opportunities to do these team-ups that are more logical. I just don't want to see... Like, to me, the biggest thing about Spider-Man that makes him so special in the comics is that he faces these feats alone. Um, Like, there's no Avengers helping him. He faces it alone. So, I'm like, if you do a Sinister Six movie, I kind of want it to be Tom Holland by himself versus the Sinister Six. Um, and if he has help, maybe it comes here or there, but it's not like a legit team-up movie. Um, I, I mean, again, this could... And, and I know a lot of people throw at me, like, Venom is like Wolverine and Ghost Rider. They're anti-heroes. Uh, I, I get that. But an anti-hero doesn't go out and blow up a hospital and then go, all right, I'm going to help save everybody in this hospital. Like, that's essentially what you're telling me you want Venom and Morbius to turn into. Um, and I'm like, it just, it, how do you go back from it, is what I'm saying. Good guy to bad guy, and now your sequel comes out and you're good again. It just, it, it's confusing. But, Tia, did you want to close this out? Did you have any final thoughts? No, I think we're good. We kind of talked out everything that we need to talk out. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we know where we all stand. Um, all right, let's move on. We got a, it's being classified as a first look for Black Widow, but it essentially is a second trailer or first and a half trailer. Um, I don't know what you classify it, but I loved it. And I'm going to say this before I pass it to you, Tia. I am now convinced that, because Taskmaster in, in, in the comics uh, mimics, like whatever your moves are, he, he mimics them on the spot and now can copy it, right? I think this movie might go a direction of the, uh, you know, they study, you know, they have them study footage or, you know, they splice something or, or something like that inside that when he released the arrow looked just like Hawkeye when he threw the shield looked just like cat. Um, so I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe they had him study the Avengers and that's why it looks like he, either fought some of these Avengers along the way and, and copied their moves or he just studied it and perfected it. Um, I mean, I'll still say this. I still think if you want Black Widow to be a, a, a WTF, you have it be Hawkeye is is Taskmaster. I know it sounds stupid. I know it sounds mm-hmm. shut up. I'm just saying when he says, me and you have Budapest 
pretty differently. It could be something as, I remember we were enemies of Budapest. Like, that could be what, what he meant. So when she's saying, like, this is fun. Like, this reminds me of Budapest. He's like, I remember it pretty differently. I, I, don't, I don't think it went the way that you, that you remember it. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm, I'm obviously just being stupid here. But, uh, Tia, what were your thoughts on the first look, <laughs> second trailer, whatever you want to classify it for Black Widow? Well, I'll say really quick that the only way that I can see that working is that in the first Avengers, Black Widow did set up by saying that Clint was sent to kill her. They were enemies, uh, but Clint was, you know, on the side, I guess, of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the time. So I don't know how they would work that out. I'm kind of thinking that Taskmaster is the other guy that they showed at Comic-Con. Uh, yeah. something Because we yeah, haven't seen him yet in any of the trailers, but he obviously had to be a pretty big deal in the movie considering he was at New York Comic-Con. I mean, they had him up on stage. So to me, that said that he was also part of the core group, but we haven't seen him yet in any of the trailers. And I refuse to believe that this guy that they're, you know, kind of showcasing is just the quote-unquote romantic interest of Natasha, which first of all, I don't need a romantic interest in Black Widow, but that's neither here nor there. I loved the second trailer, first look, whatever you want to call it. I, I loved that scene, Juan, when uh, he, uh, Taskmaster, Taskmaster used the shield, and you almost saw the look on Natasha's face, like, oh, shit. Like, that definitely looks like someone. Um, yeah. And just, I mean, I am so excited to see Yelena, because Florence, uh, who? to have such uh, amazing 
actors like Rachel Weisz and David Harbour and Florence in it. And I think that we're going to see this little pocket of the MCU that we never really necessarily thought that we wanted to see and we didn't even know really existed. But I think once this happens, it's going to, in my opinion, pique some people's interest in kind of just seeing the other side of the spectrum with um, the Black Widow program and the Red Guardian, what they did to kind of copy Captain America. And, yeah, so I thought it was really great. I loved it. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. And I do want to I do want to add this. When the, the Hawkeye thing obviously was me joking because this movie is supposed to take place after the events of Civil War. That's why she's on the run. Um, so obviously we know it's not going to be Hawkeye. That's just me being stupid, like I said. But what is interesting <laughs> is there's two separate storylines here. There's the continuation of Civil War, and then it's the her trying to stop her past. I do believe that Taskmaster was sent by um, what's his name, General Ross. Um, that is my that is that's that's what I'm going with. That Ross sent Taskmaster to bring Natasha in. Um, I would be interested to see if it wasn't Ross, if it was the you know the the people behind the Red Room. Um, because if it is, it's like cheese. But I do like that Black Widow's doing the one thing that I despise Civil War not doing, uh, which was when Bucky mentioned that there were all these super soldiers that they created. I'm like, man, I would love to see Cap and Bucky duke it out against other super soldiers. And then only for us to get there and it's like, oh, they're all dead. All right, well, that's stupid. That was a waste of you even mentioning that. But uh, it looks like in this trip, yeah that Black Widow is facing other Black Widows. Um, so it's like, this is going to be dope, seeing her take down the people that created her, um, and she's taking down other versions of, of herself. Um, so it looks like it's going to be action-packed. Uh, I can't remember the lady's name who's directing this, but she looks like she did a freaking phenomenal job. Uh, this could be the year that we're like, all right, you know what? Maybe it's time for women to just start directing like a lot of stuff um, because they're just on fire. If Birds of Prey is a hit, uh, Black Widow and Eternals, I mean, it, obviously it's going to be the conversation that stop having all these guys direct stuff. Like women are killing it. Um, so, also, I mean, I, go ahead, Tim. Also, I want to point out that a woman is behind the Witcher series. So, yeah, I agree with you, Joanne. Let's get some more ladies like in here putting in their two cents. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. I am completely with you. And what's so interesting about these female directors is that they seem to not come from a standpoint of directing like, oh, this is what the studio wants. They look like they're fans, Tia. That's what I'm loving. You watch The Witcher, it feels like the games. Um I'm watching Black Widow. It feels like those earlier spy comics. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. loving it. I'm sorry, Dan. I, I can talk about this for. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Before, I'm so sorry, Dan. Before we shoot over to you, I just wanted to say one last thing. Um, that I noticed when watching the Black Widow trailer, and then going back and say rewatching the first Iron Man, or I mean, sorry, uh, Iron Man two. Holy shit! How did anyone like? How did um? 
Scarlett Johansson breathes in that freaking costume in Iron Man 2. It's, like, so good to see in freaking uh, Black Widow that at least the costumes look freaking comfortable at this time because the costumes in Iron Man 2 and Avengers were skin tight. And this comes from ha- and you know this comes from having a female director that n- recognizes that her freaking female cast needs to breathe. Yeah, no, for sure, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but um, <laughs> go ahead, Dan. What were your thoughts on the uh, first look last second trailer for Black Widow? Uh, it didn't change my mind one way or the other. Uh, I was excited for this when they, uh, like Tia said, I've been waiting for a Black Widow movie for quite a while. Uh, I am a big Scarlett Johansson fan. I enjoyed Ghost in the Shell. I thought she was awesome in that. Uh, I don't think it gets the love it deserved necessarily. But she's awesome. She's a badass. She can, she, I'll watch almost anything. I've seen Lucy. I'll watch almost anything she's in. Um, I am excited for this movie because we've gotten quite a few Marvel movies recently and we're going to get more in the future that are more cosmic and dealing with uh, major threats. And it's good to get a movie where it's grounded a little bit. You get get the, the whole espionage, thriller, spies. Who doesn't like a good spy movie, you know?
I'm excited. No, I, I'm completely with you. This movie does look like it's going to break grounds, and me and T have said this numerous times before. What sucks about if this movie's good is that you can't necessarily do a sequel um, because this movie does take place after Civil War, so it's like we know what she did after the events of this movie because then came Infinity War and then came uh, Endgame. So it's like I don't know how much time you have to play around um with this character outside of this movie so it's kind of one of those things where it's like it's the same thing that i feel about new mutants i'm like if i love it it, it doesn't matter because that's it like they're not going to do anything else with with this character so it's like i guess the only thing we can hope that comes out of it is florence Pugh's character actually like maybe replacing natasha but this movie wouldn't set that up to you um mainly because it's like how like this movie doesn't take place current day so it's like she's dead current day so when would she have passed on the mantle she wouldn't have had a chance to um so i'm like i don't really know how that's gonna work out but who knows who knows what feige has planned um i just know that this movie looks freaking great um but all right let's move on to our last trailer bloodshot see i'm gonna start with you did this do anything for you I, I would have to say that out of the three trailers that we are talking about this evening, this definitely was, you know, on the bottom of my list. I still reserve some sort of intrigue about the movie only for the – and maybe I need to stop doing this where I, like, focus on one actor. I'm like, I want to see it because of this actor. But I really like Guy Pierce and the fact that he's in it kind of intrigued me to go see it, but obviously, you know, it's Vin Diesel's movie. I do think that the CGI, like, around his abilities is pretty cool. Um, I don't know why. Like, when I see it, I, I still think in my head, like, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, as far as, like, story-wise, I don't think that it did really anything extra for me. It still feels like a Fast and the Furious movie. You know, not just because you have Vin Diesel in it, but he, for the most part, looks the same um, as he does in every Fast and the Furious movie. He has a tank top on, and that's it. And you have um, uh, Isa Gonzalez, uh, I believe. I don't know really how to pronounce her name. I apologize. But, you know, she's so gorgeous, and she looks like she could fill into a Fast and the Furious movie. So, to me, it's kind of like a Fast and the Furious movie with abilities, and that's what I still walked away feeling from this second trailer. But all in all, I mean, would I go to the theater to go see this? Probably not. But when it comes out and I have the ability to actually watch it from the comfort of my own home, I would watch it just to see what happened here. But I mean, it does suck because this is, you know, another comic book character that's outside of the Marvel and DC realm, and those characters need to get some love, too, and they deserve more of a reaction other than, meh, I'll see it when it comes out on, you know, at home. But right now, that's all I feel about it. Yeah, I unfortunately have been a fan of Valiant for a long time, which is the comic that, um, was the company, rather. Uh, that Bloodshot comes from. Um, so I 
I can't not see it in theaters um, because if this does not do well, I don't know if Sony pulls the trigger on doing more. Um, and I need a Ninjak. I need a goddamn Ninjak movie. Um, so I'm like, even if this is bad, even if it is, this does scream your typical Vin Diesel movie, I still have to, to sit through it. And my mindset is, I went and I saw his last Triple X movie. So I'm like, if I could make it through that, I think I could maybe handle this movie. I don't think this is that far-fetched for me to be able to sit through. Um, so that's my mindset. That That's the positive thinking that I'm keeping um, in me hoping that I really do enjoy this movie and that it does well, uh, mainly because I want them to do more of these movies. So fingers crossed, Tia. Fingers crossed. I'm going to need you to go see it in theaters, Tia. <laughs> uh, um, but but um, Dan, I'm going to go to you. What were your thoughts on this uh, second Bloodshot trailer? Oh, man, you're not going to like me. Uh, there's no way mm-hmm. I'm seeing this movie in theaters. <laughs> uh, I, I have zero interest in this character. Uh, I have zero interest in pretty much anything that Vin Diesel does. Uh, I've never, I'm not a big Vin Diesel guy. Uh, the, the story looks cool. I, I dig his powers. But, yeah, I, I, there, like Tia said, there are just some actors that like Guy Pierce. oh, you know, I'm interested in him. I might go check it out. And there are those actors where you see them and you're just immediately turned off. And Vin Diesel is one of those guys. He's, he was the perfect cast, casting for Groot because he's very wooden. I don't, I get no emotion from, from Vin Diesel other than just like gruff and family. That, that's his only thing, family. Everything's family with him. Uh, so, uh, will I see this in theaters? I mean, I would really have to, something, something would really have to hit me right for, for me in order to see this film in theaters. But other than that, I, maybe it's because I don't know the character very well. And so I'm, I'm judging too harshly on something that I don't know. But yeah, this, this trailer the trailer, trailer didn't move the, the meter one way or the other for me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't hate it, but I also am not like, oh, my God, I need to see this movie now. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, I, I can't agree with you guys on this one. I'm just, I'm not feeling it. I mean, listen, I, it, it's it's not for everyone. I, I do think if you knew the character more, um, that itself might excite you a little bit more and if you knew that world, it would excite you purely for the idea of you knowing that if this, if this succeeds, we get more. And obviously they won't all be played by Finn Diesel. So you might like the other ones that we get. Um, but I mean, I can't disagree with you about Vin Diesel's acting. He's the, his acting is the main reason why I'm like, if you ever did, um, Oh God, I can't believe I forgot his name from Inhumans. Uh, completely blanking on his name. Um, but the leader of Inhumans, I'm like, Vin Diesel would be perfect because he wouldn't talk. So it's like, I would love just seeing that stature uh, exude all that power and strength and bravado, but he never gets to say a word. That's when well, I like Vin Diesel. Right? Say it again? I think, I think it's Black Bolt, isn't it? Yes, 
Black Bolt. Thank you. It is Black Bolt. Um, I'm like, Vin Diesel would be perfect for that. But um, obviously it didn't happen. He became Groot, and we had to sit there and listen to Vin Diesel say that over and over and over again. Um, but I mean, I've grown, I've grown used to Vin Diesel's acting. It does not bother me as much as it did. Oh, I don't know, five, ten years ago. Um, I've just become, I guess, dull to it. Uh, like I said, I saw his last Triple X movie in theaters. Like I paid money for it. Um, so, so I'd be lying to you if I told you his acting was was a huge turnoff to me. I'd be lying. Um. But all right, let's let's move on. Hopefully, you change your mind and help us get more of these movies then. Um, but all right, let's move on to our main topics. We got a lot to go through here. Let's start off with. Let me see what I want to start off with. I want to start off with Barbara Broccoli. I thought her comics, comics. Sorry, that's wrong. Comments were um, very eye-opening because. Her statement, and I'm paraphrasing here. T, I'm sure you 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 have the actual quote, but um, she was pretty much going on to say that James Bond can be an any other race, um, but shouldn't be a woman. And she went on to say, again, me paraphrasing, that women deserve more than that. Like they deserve their own character that they can kind of flesh out and make it its own thing. Uh, was along the lines of what she was saying, right, Tia? Like, she wasn't saying it like women can't live up to James Bond. She was saying it more to women should have their own thing that they start um, to kind of, I guess, be their own form of James Bond. Well, yeah, and honestly, I agree with her. We shouldn't be getting roles that are just the gender-bent versions of our male counterparts. Make roles for us. Um, if you're saying that, a, you know, a woman can be 007, then yeah. I don't think there's any reason why a woman can't be under the title of 007. She can't be Jane Bond. What's her name going to be? Jane Bond? I don't want to see that. That's lazy to me. You need to make other characters that are strong, that are relatable for women to be able to play, not just say, hey, let's pick this character, but what if they're a woman? It's like, no, make me my own character. Um, So I agree with her on that, and I'm sure that her comments were not received well, and I'm sure that there were some people who found a lot of offense with that, but... I don't think that she was saying it from a standpoint of telling people that women couldn't be kick-ass. I think she was simply saying we need to be more creative and, as I said, not be so lazy. Um, That's like saying, you know, our next iteration of Tony Stark, let's make him a woman. We don't need that. There are a bunch of other awesome female characters in the comic books that you can make something out of. You don't need to gender bend another one, you know? Um, in some yeah. ways, I don't say mind it. Like, I know in, um, and this is like just something that's coming off the top of my head, in the Defenders universe, you know, Jerry Hogarth was obviously a gender bent version of the character from the comics, and I didn't mind that. I thought that was awesome, but my whole point with something like James Bond is I don't necessarily think it needs to be a woman, but I do think that we're at the point now that we need to have a James Bond that isn't just 
the same white dude. But remember that Daniel Craig himself was like a huge stray from the past because prior to that, James Bond was tall, dark, and handsome. You got Daniel Craig who has blue eyes and blonde hair. And and that at the time was like, ooh, they're, they're casting someone who doesn't have brown eyes or doesn't have dark hair. I mean, that was like a big deal. So, I mean, okay, and, we've, we've gotten past – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, and they went away from a lot of the cliches from the old Bond films. Like, I think once, if if at all, he said shaken, not stirred. Um, like, they yeah, went away heard from of a lot of – yeah, they went they went away from a lot of the tropes that came from the previous James Bond movies, and they decided to to switch it up for this one, which I was fine with because I'm like, a lot of people my age maybe saw Pierce Brosnan's James Bond, but not really any of the others. So I'm like, to us, Daniel Craig was like the first James Bond. So I'm like, I was completely fine with with them getting rid of that stuff. I know it was a big deal at the time, but. We could safely say James Bond, not James Bond, Daniel Craig has the best James Bond films. Um, even if you didn't like one out of the three or four that they've done or two, um, I still think his it, the strongest two that he has could stand up to any of the, the two from any of the other James Bonds. Um, so I'm like, I, I like what they did with him. Yeah, I really like Daniel Craig's is, uh, James Bond, but you know, it's it's time for him to retire. I mean, he's done like five movies, and I think even the actor himself has said he's getting older now. He can't really do what is uh, physically demanded of him. So I think that the next James Bond should be someone completely different. And I always think that the next James Bond should be Idris Elba. I feel like the answer is right there but apparently hollywood doesn't want to put it there but you know what that's fine in my head i will always imagine uh the next james bond as idris elba see i that's where i differ i view her comments um for women the same for people of color um Mm. i don't need my I, I don't need my black actor in Idris Elba following behind all these all these uh white guys. I'm like, create something new for him. Um, create something completely new. Uh the same as, as as she's saying for for women. I think that should be the same thing with people of color. Think about it. Think about great action movies, right, Tia? And then think about how mm-hmm. many of them were around black leads right where the black the lead the actual lead of that action movie was black not many not many you can think of right so i'm like i don't no. need you adding to the lineage of james bond by going oh well look they're a black guy like see look it's like all these white guys in idris elba create something new for idris elba uh in the action movie world that he can then span to make a franchise um that will be a franchise of just different black leads. Um, so, I mean, I'd be fine with them making James Bond uh, a woman, mainly because M, <laughs> M, the the head of uh, MI6, is supposed to be a woman. And we now know as Ralph Fiennes. So I'm like, I don't really have that much of an issue. To me, and I've been told I've, I'm wrong, James Bond to me is a code name. It's the name that everyone has has had. 
And here's the thing, Thea, what a lot of people don't pay attention to. M, who is played by, I can't remember her name. God bless. She's a phenomenal actress. Um, when she died, remember, that M was the same M for Piers Brosnan. So that then tells you that the name James Bond is a code, not their actual birth name. So I'm like, if it's just a code name, you don't have to call her Jamie Bond for it to make sense. It's a code name. Like, <laughs> my code name is James Bond. Like, it, it, it's the code name. Um, so I just, I don't think you'd have to really dig that deep to make a, a woman James Bond make sense. But I also don't disagree with her that create something new for them. Like, uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone saying he wanted to do um, The Expendables, but with all women. I'm like, no, just create something new for them um, to where it's their own thing, where we could span off in 10 years from now. They're doing a reboot of that female-led action movie, and we're getting all new females to do it. Um, I, I just think when you have a male-driven something, and then you try to switch it to female it's really hard to get out of the shadow of the lineage that the men set. And now you have to carry the torch. Uh, I just think it's unfair. Um, so just create something new. But that is also how I feel as people of color. Don't make it Idris Elba. Create something new for him um, that he could span for other um, people of color to carry that torch and, and to continue. The main reason why I'm like, don't make the next James Bond black is that if you're saying you're making him black for the sake of diversity, well, after Idris Elba's done, you're not going to then make him, what, Asian, <laughs> you know, or then Hispanic. Like, no, you're not going to do that. They always have to be, obviously, uh, British or whatever. Um, so I'm like, how many more times are you going to make him black after that? Um, so, I mean, that's just my, my biggest thing with it. But I, I didn't hate her comments. I think a lot of people maybe read headlines that were kind of triggered to make it seem bad, but it wasn't bad at all. I think she was coming from a, a very good place. Um, but Dan, I am curious. You've heard me. You've heard Tia. Where do you stand on that? Oh man, that was a that was a nice little back and forth there. I, I like that. Uh, I, I, I believe the name you're looking for is Dame Judy Dench. She was the last M. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's essentially a code word regardless. Uh, I had read that before a couple of years ago and it just pops into my mind. Like that makes total sense. It's not the, the actual person's name. It's just MI6 uses that name as a code. But anyway, uh, I'm with you, Duan, that, uh, it doesn't behoove a gender or a race of people to just, take an existing character because it, it's not genuine. You know what I mean? It, like the studio at that point is just trying to appease you then. If it's like, oh, you see, we're, we're giving you this. We're giving you a bond. We're, we're giving you the Ghostbusters. There you go. Like, we're, we're progressive. It's like, no, not really. You're, you're jumping on a story that's already been told X amount of times. And just, it, it, to me, it's a cash grab at that point. And, it's not genuine. It, it doesn't help anybody. I would much rather see a new role for women, for people of color, and make like really get the best writers, get the best people that you can to make these characters better, just interesting. And it, it doesn't have to be on the same level of James Bond. You know what I mean? They, like 
James Bond's been around forever. Uh, I think it's just it's important to give people something that they can look up to. Uh, and I, I don't know if a lot of people of color or women want to, like I want I want to look to, look up to a James Bond ca- kind of character. I, I don't know how that is. You know, being a white man, all I've known is a white James Bond. So that doesn't help. It, it's not my conversation to have. You know, because like it, it's I've never had to deal with anything else. But I think her obviously a comment like that is going to be taken out of context. People are going to twist it. Well, why can't women do this? Why can't women do that? She's not saying that. It's it's just more important that women get something that's that's new, that's exciting, and it's something that they deserve. And I'm 100% for that. I think. In Hollywood nowadays, you're getting your you're getting your remakes, you're getting your Marvel and your DC movies. You're not getting anything new. You're, it's very few and far between. So it, it would just it would help everyone in the long run. You're helping create uh, creators create new and exciting content, uh, like uh, telling stories, and you're also getting. Uh, you're, you're getting a, a whole new audience, people of color, women, whatever, you know, uh, and it, you're, you're being more inclusive that way. And it's genuine. I think that's, what's more important. It's genuine. It's not just, uh, yeah, we'll throw you, we'll throw you this, we'll throw you that. And when you can see if it's done well, how the, the stories are there into the spider verse was phenomenal. It's one of the best Spider-Man movies of all time so far. And it's done with a, a half black, half Hispanic teenager. So you can do it. Like Hollywood, it's there. The, the stories are there, but it has to be genuine. And it's not just, well, yeah, we'll give you a, a half black, half Hispanic Spider-Man. Shut up. Uh, it's it's important that you. It's important that these people are heard, but it has to be done correctly. Yeah, and my my biggest point is, <clears throat> excuse me. You making James Bond black, I just I just want Hollywood to know and everyone who's like, oh, no, it's the right thing to do. Make Idris Elba James Bond. We don't feel as though it does anything for us. Like that's, We don't feel as though that's like, oh, that's progressive. Like, oh, yeah, we're getting representation. And, like, no one really cares. <laughs> so I'm like, as, as much as I think he would do a great job as, as James Bond, it's, it's not like we think it's progressive. You completely changing the gender of of James Bond, I could see being a little bit more progressive um, because you're giving – we've seen black leads in, in Hollywood. I think making women more leads uh, going forward is something that, that a lot of people are like, good, it's about time. Um, I, I'm just one of those people that's like, create your own lane. Create your own lane so then it means more when you succeed in it. So I'm kind of like, I just prefer you guys to give us something completely new that is a, a franchise of its own. The one the one caveat to that that will lend more towards um, people who are kind of saying just make the, you know, make the character female or, or make the character black is that a lot of people feel as though to start a franchise, with uh with a woman or or a person of color 
it's hard to get it off the ground to where it could become what James Bond did. So it's easier to just carry the torch of that. And I say that's lazy. That's, that's very lazy. If that's your mindset, that's lazy. Create new lanes, create new avenues. And everyone who always says they want to see change, have those people step up and support. Um, so, I mean, if, if people truly want to see more uh, female-led roles or black-led roles or whatever, you got to go out there and support. So hopefully people do. And hopefully uh, what she says does come true and we do get more from um, from females and, and people of color with just different projects. Uh, I think that would be a lot better. Um, all right, let's move on. Oh, wait, Tia, I'm sorry. Did you want to add to anything? No, no, I'm I'm good. You sure? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I'm, uh, okay. no cause I, I'm just saying. Me and Dan went back and forth, and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't want to ask you if you, you wanted to add to it. Um, no, no, I, I liked the the points that you made because even as I was talking about, you know, creating different roles for women, um, and then you kind of mirrored those same sentiments, but for people of color, I was like, you know, I was thinking myself like, yeah. He's right. Like that sentiment that I'm feeling for women uh, also applies for people of color. Um, and so I, I kind of just was like remaining quiet because I was like, yeah, he's completely right in this. You know, I just like hearing it pretty much like echoed back, but just, you know, instead of like say women, like people of color. Yeah, no, I, I think we're all on the same page of we want to see progression. Um, and the way to do progression is not to force feed us stuff we've seen before. It's to provide us with new content. Um, and the only way to do that is to be progressive in the mindset of pushing things forward. Um, so hopefully that's what we get. Hopefully that's what we get. But um, all right, like I said, let's move on and let's talk. Uh, apparently there's no more Watchmen. Uh Doug Lyman is right to you. That's his name, Doug Lyman? Yes, sir. Okay. Doug Lyman has uh, – well, Doug Lyman made it very clear um, in, in in the rollout of season one. He made it very clear, like, um, I hope y'all don't get too attached because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming back to do more. Um, and we all thought, like, obviously he was joking. Maybe he didn't really mean it. He was very serious. Um, turns out he was really serious. Uh, so, I mean, that sucks that we won't be getting, uh, a season two of Watchmen. Watchmen has decided, uh, well, HBO, I'm sorry, has decided that if Doug Lyman does not want to come back to do a season two, then they are not going to, uh, proceed with it, which you have to respect because it's like, well, they don't want to mess it up just for the sake of messing it up. Um, but it also makes you sad because now that means we are left on a cliffhanger. Um, so that does suck. But uh, Tia, what are your thoughts on this being it for? Um, uh, sorry, just lost the train of thought. The Watchmen. So John, you're gonna kill me, but I have not watched Watchmen yet. So, but oh boy, I've heard that it's. <laughs> I've heard that it's a fantastic show. I listened to plenty of episodes from our 
you know, fellow podcasters, scene and nerd from Sarah and Will, where they broke down episodes and they really enjoyed it. And it seemed like a just wonderful series, but I could have sworn that at some point I had heard that it really was just meant to be like a one-off. They were pretty much, they went in, they did a, a, a mic drop and then stepped back out. So um, sometimes that's needed. Sometimes with shows like let's not keep going. Of course, us as viewers, we want to keep seeing our favorites. We want to rekindle that magic, but at times, uh, the only way to rekindle that magic is to just keep it as is. And with that gentleman leaving, uh, I think, you know, I think it's good on HBO's part to realize, like, hey, we don't want to make this without him because we have something really special, and we're not sure we can recapture that if he's not here. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely with you. And that's why I said I like it. I like you not trying to just do a cash grab. If you feel as though the story is best told from him, um, leave it at that. I mean, because what you don't want to do is follow it up with a really bad season. Um, Because this was a progressively, uh, like this show, I know made a lot of people that might be uh, preconceived as racist very uncomfortable, Um, which I like. I love that. I love making people uh, like that feel very uncomfortable. And this show did a very progressive thing. I mean, for God's sake, they made uh, – oh, I don't want to ruin it for you, Tia. I don't want to go too much into it. But they did a great job with this show, and it's not something that could easily be duplicated. So if you want to ride off in the sunset, I'm not here to tell you that that's the, that's the wrong idea. But I am here to tell you that I did tell someone uh, that this show could be as big as Game of Thrones. And if it did continue, easily could have been. That's how well done this show was. Um, but now we have The Witcher to look forward to, so no shame in that. Uh, but Dan, your thoughts on Watchmen just pre- pretty much being a one and done? Honestly, I thought that's what the plan was all along. Uh, this, The whole season just felt like it was going to tell this one story, and that was it. And they did it beautifully. Uh, I'm okay with it ending on one season. I, I think... There are some shows out there uh, that that's all you need. You like Tia said, you you come in, you bust down the door, guns blazing, drop the mic, and then you're out. You walk off into the sunset. Uh, I don't know what else they could have done with this. Uh, again, I don't want to spoil it, obviously. So I thought it ended on a perfect cliffhanger, it, and it did leave something open that you could possibly come back and revisit, but. I thought it ended perfectly. I everyone involved was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, uh, I am sad. Obviously, when you get a, a show like that and it's so good, you never want it to end. Uh, but all good things come to an end, obviously. And I, I'm okay with it. I, I've come to I've come to grips with this being the only season. Mm-hmm. And I agree. It's some. I think it's difficult for a network to see it has a potential monster on its hands and to just let it go. But sometimes every now and then uh, creative, like creative minds win and you don't, you don't get that unnecessary second season or, you know, and some shows that 10th season where 
it's it's been dead for a while and you're just at this point you're running through the motions uh in my opinion another hbo series that did that was silicon valley where it went on a couple seasons too long and it had a it had a fine ending but I, it, it kept telling the same story over and over again and yeah that's the texture in kind of ruined it yeah so yeah. i would much rather have watchmen duck out on top than have it go to three, four seasons. And by the third, fourth season, you're like, oh, they really can't. Like, the first season was so much better. You're like, what the hell? So every now and then you get that. It doesn't It doesn't feel right now. But in the long run, they, they did the right thing, and you'll be happy for it. I do want to say this, and I am curious what you guys think about this. I do think shows when you're approaching your final season, I do think shows should look to go the route of doing movies instead of an episodic uh, finale to their, their show, mainly because not many shows have great ser- uh, final seasons or even great series finales. Um, so I'm like, if you kind of take, take that, kind of minimize it, put it in a movie, you allow success to come a lot greater. Like, I think if Game of Thrones was working with less, uh, they could have done more. Uh, I, I am curious what you guys think. Tia, what do you think about that idea of maybe Watchmen not coming back as a show, but maybe coming back to kind of finalize things with, with maybe a movie? I mean, I'm with you, but I'm also not with you at the same time, uh, only because movies are big productions. And they have a lot to work with within only about a two to two and a half hour span. And if there is, say, a lot that you need to um, dissect and you need to kind of go through and you need maybe about six or seven episodes to do, but then you're trying to cram all of that in two hours, it could be a little bit of a problem. You know, it could work for some. Like, I know that, um, God, what can I think of right now? This is going to be, like, a really weird one, but uh, the British version of The Office did it. Uh, They ended it with, like, a a two-hour movie, and, like, that was fine. And uh, I believe, what, they did that with Firefly as well. But, um, you know, it's just, for me, the movies are kind of better for, say, uh, shows that have been canceled like, a few years prior, and then, like, they want to come back just for the fans to wrap everything up because things were left off on a cliffhanger, and they're like, okay, let's come out with a movie. Uh, I think it's better when that happens as opposed to, like, right after the show ended. It's like, if you have the ability to do a show, then I think that you need to do it. And maybe you don't need to have it as many episodes as, like, previous. You can make it, like, say if a show was 13 episodes, um, and then cut that down to like seven or eight, like Iron Fist did that. I think that they benefited tremendously from going from 13 episodes to 10 episodes. So maybe you could do something like that. But I think that for something like Watchmen, maybe, uh, maybe kind of one of those things where it's like a three-part uh second season or something like not a full season but it doesn't come out in just one straight movie it's like three like an hour and a half long uh episodes like that 
Yeah, I just think the problem that shows face is it's easier to start because there's no expectations. It's a lot harder to finish because all the expectations are now on your shoulders. Um, that's that's the problem I think Dexter faced. That's the problem I think Sopranos faced. That's the problem I think Game of Thrones faced. The Wire. Um, I'm sure there's a few more that I could name. It's just really hard to end something, uh, especially if you're a really good show, all that weight being on your shoulders. Uh, Lost is another one. Um, but, Dan, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Uh, would you like it to stay a show? Maybe not Watchmen specifically, but just any series you could think of that maybe didn't have the best ending. Um, or, or would you like the idea of them just coming back to do a movie, uh, closing it out with a movie? I don't like the idea of bringing a show back for a uh, for a movie. Uh, I think you rush it at that point because, as he has said, you only get, what, two, two and a half hours usually for that, and there's a lot to wrap up in that time span. So it, it could work, obviously, but when I don't think we've ever really gotten a good example of that. I think Wildwood recently came out with a movie right in 2019. To yeah. finish up Deadwood? that series, HBO, uh, Deadwood. I'm sorry, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I haven't seen it, so I couldn't tell you if it if you guys have seen it. Let me know if it did a if it did the show justice by wrapping it up. But yeah, very rarely, right? I I can't think of another show that decided to make a movie to wrap things up. I had heard that Game of Thrones was toying with the idea to do a two-and-a-half-hour finale. Uh, there's that one show, Community. They always had the, the joke, six seasons in a movie, to wrap up the, the series. But I, I don't know if that's going to wind up happening. But Well, the yeah, only, it, it just doesn't feel right. The only example What's we would have had... No, I was just going to say, the only example we would have had was uh, they had said they were going to God Rest His Soul before James Gandolfini, Gandolfini had passed. Uh, they were always talking about coming back to do a Sopranos movie. Um, oh, okay. So, I mean, that that would have been our only example. Well, they are doing a movie. It's just a prequel with my man, John Bernthal, and Corey Stoll in it. Just saying, I have to throw that out there. Yeah, Tia, Tia definitely. I tell you this, Tia ever became their agent, they'd be the richest clients in the history <laughs> <laughs> of, of her agency because no one hypes those two more than uh more than Tia does. Um, but no, I mean, I, you you guys you guys aren't wrong. We haven't seen it really work before. We haven't even really seen it done uh, before. Uh, my only point is, I think it just it, it creates less of a burden because when you give someone when you tell someone, hey, we're even doing eight episodes or ten or thirteen, um, and only like five out of that is good. A lot of people are kind of like, yikes, like maybe you guys didn't know what you were doing. So I don't know. <clears throat> but uh, I know we are sad that Watchmen is gone. Hopefully it comes back at some point. Uh, but speaking of continuations, apparently Bad Boys 4 and National Treasure 3 have both been greenlit. Uh, I have a serious problem with continuations coming from projects that um, haven't been out uh, in over 10 years, um, mainly because it's like they're older. I really don't want to see them older. Um, So, I mean, 
hearing Will Smith talk about, man, can't really do the stunts and stuff I used to do back then. It's like, this is why I don't want you doing it. Like, you know how hard it is to watch Bruce Willis in a Die Hard movie? Like, <laughs> he's so old. Like, we know he's not doing any of those stunts. Like, I, I don't want to see that. Um, Tom Cruise is the only person that can get older, and I want to see him put his life on the line more. Um, I, I don't really want to see that from anyone else. Um, Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves are really the only people that have been able to do it successfully. Get older and make better action films than they did when they were younger. Um, but Tia, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on Bad Boys 4 and National Treasure 3? Well, that's because Tom Cruise made a deal with the devil to sell his soul, and that's why he still looks the way he does and is able to do the way that he does. So, you know, that's that. Uh, I'm being just, like, funny there. But uh, uh, I don't <laughs> No, I really... agree with you. I... Whatever I wasn't he trying did. to be like really mean, like whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. Whatever he, I always say, like that is the only thing that ever made me interested in Scientology. Because clearly, once he signed up for it, they took away aging. So I'm like, all right, maybe Scientology is for me. Like I don't want to age. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but look at what they did to John Travolta. Just saying. But uh, oh, that's true. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> Dan knows they've watched plenty of crappy uh, John Travolta movies lately, but um, I don't really have <laughs> I don't really have much to say about those because I just don't uh, I don't know they don't fill me with excitement. So I was like, oh cool, cash grab, and that's about it. Crazy thing is, I love National Treasure two and one one and two rather. I love Bad Boys one and two. I'm not in a rush to see Bad Boys 3. I'm not in a rush to see Bad Boys 4. I will not be in a rush to see National Treasure 3. Um, it's just, I, I, I don't, like, my flair for Nicolas Cage is dead. Like, around National Treasure 2 was when he was doing Ghost Rider, and I'm like, I love Nicolas Cage. And then he just had, he just had a disappearing act, and I'm like, I don't really care for Nicolas Cage anymore. Um, like he, he sparked me back up with kick ass and I'm like, all right, yeah, give me some more Nicolas Cage. Then he disappeared again. And I'm like, all right, man, like you're not doing this to me a third time. Um, so knowing me, I, 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 I've been very easily, so I'll probably see National Treasure 3. Um, but as far as bad boys, I'm, I'll wait till I see three before I know if I'm excited for four, but Dan, what are your thoughts on Bad Boys 4 being greenlit and National Treasure 3? Okay, so full disclosure, I've never seen a Bad Boys movie. I am not proud of that because they look awesome, and I love both of those actors. They're both hilarious together, and they're hilarious apart. But uh, I was planning on seeing Bad Boys 3 tomorrow. i got to get my oil changed first, and i got to get some other things done. Bad Boys 3 was on the docket because it, it looks awesome. But I'm in agreement with you, Juan, that the whole premise of this Bad Boys 3 is like one last time. You know, they didn't say it in the trailer. One last time? Yeah, we'll, we'll do it one more time. And then you're going to tell me there's another one coming out? Like, it kind of turns me off to seeing it. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be in a rush to see Bad Boys 4. Uh in terms of, of switching over to Nicolas Cage and National Treasures 3, 
uh, I was never really a big fan of those movies. Uh, my father liked those movies a lot, so it always made me feel like, oh, it's like for old for older guys, you know, they, for older people, they enjoy these movies. <laughs> like I'm I'm too cool for that, you know, I'm I'm too hip. Uh, but uh, uh, I like Nicolas Cage only because he has that mystique about him where you don't know what you're gonna get from him. You're either gonna get like crazy Nicolas Cage or just the like slightly less crazy Nicolas Cage. I don't know how else to describe it, but he's such a wild card and he's just, he's a movie unto himself. I think he's actually coming out with a movie where he portrays himself. Sounds but, about right. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's a Nicolas Cage movie if I've ever seen one. Uh, yep. I mean, I, I, I think you're right though. When something hasn't been out for close to a decade, uh, is there really an interest in it anymore? Is it just an – this is the perfect example, uh, Dumb and Dumber, when it came out with Dumb and Dumber 2. And it had been over 10 years, I think. So uh, I don't care to see Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels in their 50s acting like idiots. It was great when they were, you know, early 30s. And it was hilarious, but now I, the people who grew up watching that movie have matured more, and the, the same type of humor doesn't stick, and it wound right. up being terrible. And if they had done yeah. it, maybe I, it was, I think that's actually been closer to 20 years since since that came out. But if they had done it, if they had done it a little bit sooner, maybe. But um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm with you. I'm not in a rush. I won't be in a rush to see either of these films, but I don't hate it. Uh, again, you're you're going to get these going forward. You're going to get remakes and sequels upon sequels. Uh, and going back to the uh, Tom Cruise Scientology thing, had you guys heard that uh, Keanu Reeves is actually a time traveler? There's I believe theory out there that he, yeah, yeah. If you there, if you just search it online. You'll see him from like the Victorian era, where it look, a guy looks just like Keanu Reeves. So, I, I will believe that Tom Cruise sold his soul, and I also believe that Keanu Reeves is a time traveler because I love those two, and it just makes them even more of a legend. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, and that's the one thing I love about Tom Cruise doing all these Mission Impossible movies is that they're so close to each other. Like, picture if Mission Impossible uh, three came out in 2006, and then they were like, "All right, we're doing Mission Impossible four in 2020." It's like, no, no, thank you, no, 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 thank you. Um, but the fact that he's doing them all so close to each other, I'm like, this is a nonstop adrenaline rush, and like he looks great in all of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, I'll wait till I see Bad Boys three before I have any opinion about them making another one. But you're right. They did market this movie as one last time. It reminds me of The Rock versus John Cena. They were like, this is the only time you'll ever see this match. And then they gave us the same exact match the very next year. I'm like, what? <laughs> like They kept saying one time only, one time only. And then they did the match again next year. Um, so it was just like, what was the whole purpose of that? Um, but all right, let's move on. Uh, we got You Season 3 renewed. Uh, how are we feeling about that, Tia? So, 
this is the thing is that as much as I like the show, I didn't want it actually to be renewed for a third season. If anyone has seen the second season, I know that you have, Juwan, but I'm not sure if Dan has. I don't know who has, who's listening, but the ending was pretty open-ended. It was enough for you to kind of feel like it was a bookend, but at the same time, it did open up in case they wanted to continue, which is, I guess, what they're doing now. But more so, I just wanted it a continuation in my head, not actually happening, because the problem with a show like you is that it could be very repetitive, and it could feel like we're recycling the same storyline. And the end of the U season two kind of felt like it was setting up for the exact same storyline that we've seen in the first season that we've seen in the second season, because we didn't know that the, you know, about the twist uh, in season two, that only happened at the last episode. For the first nine episodes, it pretty much felt like the first season. Uh, Joe gets obsessed with a woman, begins, uh, you know, really being obsessed, stalking her, and yada, yada, yada. So I kind of think, like, how much more of this can they do? And I'm really hoping that uh, the third season will be the last season. Um, And that's not me, like, shitting on the series. I like the series. I watch the series. I just think that for a show like that, um, what else really can you do with it? Where else can you really go with it? No, I totally agree. Season three has to end um, the series, and he has to die. Um, Now, what you can do... What you can do if you want to freak it if you're Netflix and not lose out on the popularity that this show built is have a ser- is um continue you but have it be with love. another character. Um right, with another character and have their traits be something that's a little different than Joe's. Don't have them be a clone no. of Joe. Um have their take no. be something different. Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry to you. I was just going to say, with the character love, because she's crazy too. Instead, let's see where she goes. Like, it's, let's say in season three, Joe dies. What happens to love after that? Like, does she yeah, continue? Yeah. Like, now she's going to meet the next man and be crazy about him the same way that she was about Joe? I'd be okay if they want to continue it like that. Like, do something like, you know, how that you have Narcos, and then you have Narcos Mexico. Technically, the same quote-unquote show, but now kind of like just in parallel with each other. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't have any disagreements with that, especially the way that they ended it. So it's like, what happens nine months later? Where, you know, where do you go from there? Yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I'm with you. I, I, I'm totally with you. Um, all right, let's let's move on. Uh, Mine Hunter season three on hold and cast has been released of their contract. That never sounds good. Um, mm-hmm. How sad are you that mine Hunter uh, pretty much is on hold indefinitely? Oh, Juwan, I was so sad. It felt like, why does every show I enjoy end pretty much? Because I know that they are saying, oh, this isn't a cancellation. It's Pretty much is. You just said that you released all the cast of their contracts, which means that they have 
no obligation to come back to the show if it decides to come back. Um, I Oh, God, because I love the second season. I love the show. It was like one of those shows that I was like, you know, Netflix has a lot of cookie-cutter series, right? And Mindhunter was one of the few that felt completely different. It was mature. It was psychological. And I just loved all of the themes that we hit. You had a phenomenal cast. And I was looking forward to more in season three. I wanted, you know, the one, one of the things that Mindhunter does so well is uh, portraying real-life serial killers and getting actors who are, like, uncanny, like looking like their real-life counterparts. So I was looking forward to more of that in season three. Obviously, in the first two seasons, we keep seeing, like, they're teasing the BPK killer, and you would assume that that's where they were going to go in season three. Well, who knows if we're going to get that. Oh, God, I was heartbroken. I was like, come on. I was like, I'm getting, like, no shows to look forward to anymore just because of this crap continuously. And the whole thing is because David Fincher, who's behind Mindhunter, is working on his movie Mank, and he doesn't know when he would have time to work on Mindhunter, so he's pretty much just kind of releasing all of the cast so that they're free to go do whatever they want to do, which is okay, yeah, nice, but at the same time, like, I don't care about this movie Mank. I cared about the third season of Mindhunter. So, yeah, I'm devastated. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I, my mindset is whatever this movie is that he's doing better be worth it. Like, that, that's, that's, that's all I have to say. Just it, it better be worth it. And if it is, cool, no problem, no problem. You, you finished the movie, now you get to work on Mindhunter. But if it's a bad movie to you, I'm going to really hate David Fincher. Well, you know, I'm going to hate him until he makes season three of Mindhunters, and I love him again. But till then, <laughs> he will be my bitter enemy. Um, but all right, mm-hmm. let's, let's go on to our final topic of the day. Taika Waititi uh, is rumored to direct a Star Wars movie. Dan, I'm actually going to start with you. Is there a character you would like to see Taika take on for Star Wars? Uh, you're, I don't know if this is going to, this is definitely against the grain here, I'd imagine, but, uh, I, I don't want to see him connected to a Star Wars movie. I think that's probably one of the least exciting things he can do right now. Uh, I think we need, as as a community, as, as a whole, I think we need a break from Star Wars movies for a little while. We, uh, a lot of people are left with bad taste in their mouth after the uh, the Skywalker saga, as they're calling it. Uh, and I, I love uh, Taika. I think he he's a breath of fresh air in terms of directing. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what he does outside of Thor. And I, I've heard Jojo Rabbit is phenomenal. I want to see that so badly. But the movie theater by me never played it, so I didn't get to see it. Uh, I had heard that he was connected to a live-action Akira movie, and that was something that I was dying to see because that yeah. that movie—I don't know if you guys have seen it. it, it oh man, that that movie was off the wall bonkers. Yeah, that movie's not happening anymore. Apparently, he left that movie. Well, he was looking to put that movie on hold to do Thor four. 
Um, and okay. the studio did not like that. Uh, <laughs> so pretty much, I think we can assume for now, he's not doing that movie. Uh, um, okay. But I, I will say to your, to your point, here's the thing about Star Wars. Star Wars is like Marvel and DC, to where it's not based around one, one character, one family, uh, one story. So I think you need a break from using any of the characters you did in the Skywalker saga. But to say Star Wars needs a break, I don't think so. I think if you come out in two or three years with something new from Star Wars, people will be fine with it. Um, like a lot of people loved Rogue One. Why? It was different than all the other Star Wars movies. Han Solo, I was a huge fan of. Um, a lot of people weren't. I was. I loved that movie. Um, I think Taika Waititi should take on Cad Bane. Um, he should take on Cad Bane, who's a bounty hunter. If no one knows who Cad Bane is, please go watch Star Wars The Clone Wars. Um, he's a bounty hunter. And the storyline I think Taika Waititi should use is the Assassin's Ghouls. Um, to where, <clears throat> excuse me, Cad Bane and a bunch of other characters are all after this one target. Um, and obviously the target turns out to be a Jedi. So it turns out that their goal is to kill a Jedi. Um, I think Taika could create different robots that are funny. Um, I think he could create characters that are new and fun. And I think he would make a dope Cad Bane. One for us to kind of go, man, Taika is a genius. Um, but I do think the problem with Star Wars now being with Disney, Dan, is that there is no such thing as taking a break between Star Wars projects. They're going to want to shovel out as much Star Wars con uh, content as they can, whether it's a show, movie, uh, or, or whatever, or a book, or a game, apparently. Um, so we can expect another Star Wars movie within the next two, maybe three years. Um, but that's as, that's as high as I'm going uh, for them taking to make another Star Wars movie. But um, did you want to add anything else, Dan, before I went to Tia? Uh, sure. Like, I, I didn't really get to I, – I was thinking of a good character, who a good character might be. Uh, I know mm – -hmm. There, and I'm, I'm not really well versed in the uh, expanded universe, but one of the characters that I do remember was Prince Zizor, and the uh, was it the Black Sun, I believe. It was like a, uh, uh, I want to say like a terrorist organization. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he was essentially vying for the Emperor's right hand against Vader, so he had a he had a uh, tumultuous relationship with him. Like they were, they were always trying to one up each other. So I'm sure there's like, I mean, who wouldn't like to see a, a new, you know, a new bad guy looking for whatever. I, I couldn't tell you exactly what he does, but I just remember there was a game based on him. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys, I don't know how old you guys are, but there was a Nintendo 64 game called Shadows of the Empire. Yep. Where you played as uh, okay, so you know. So you played as mm -hmm. Gash Rendar. So I don't know if he's canon, but maybe you introduce him and it's he's working for the Black Sun unbeknownst to him that they're evil. I 
I, that's why I don't get paid the big bucks because I have no clue <laughs> what, what I'm talking about. But yeah, I mean, I agree. There are definitely a ton of characters out there. Because to me, I'm I'm feeling the fatigue in terms of the movies. I, we're getting too much. I love The Mandalorian. I think that's what they should stick to for a little while. Some series-based uh, content. And just give us a new trilogy maybe six, seven years down the line. Yeah, I, I think you're not wrong. Because I think that's what led people to really loving uh, Force Awakens. Was because it's been so long. Uh, since we saw uh, a Star Wars movie that once it came, I mean, people from all facets of life were like, yes, Star Wars, thank goodness. Um, But it's different now to where you don't want to take so much time away. Like, it won't build up the same intrigue. Um, Excuse me. Because all you'll have is people saying, where's Star Wars? You will have those few people that are like, nah, I'm I'm good, you know, just TV shows. I'm I'm good for off movies for now. But you're gonna have a lot of people that really did enjoy Last Jedi, that really did enjoy Rise of Skywalker, um, that are going to want more Star Wars movies. I'm gonna tell you this, Dan. They're not taking a break till I get um, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Once I get that movie, you could never do another Star Wars movie, and I could care less. But till I get Knights of the Old Republic, till I get that movie, you work and you work till I get it, and then you can take your break. So once I get that, Dan, I'm with you. Take all take all the breaks you want. Knights of the Old Republic <laughs> needs to happen. But as far as your I think character, that's a fair um, a fair exchange. Right. Thank you. Um, <laughs> as far as Prince uh, Zizor, um, he was actually very not big, but crucial in an arc. Uh, in Star Wars: The Clone Wars, um, where Darth, oh, there you go. Darth, yeah, where Darth Maul invaded the Black Sun, kind of punked them out. Um, but he was in it, and I was really shocked to see him in it. So I guess since Clone Wars is canon, he is canon. Um, so I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that character. He's a deep cut. He's a he's a deep cut, Dan. I appreciate you dropping a deep cut like that. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, but Tia. Who would you like to see Taika uh, YTD take on for a Star Wars project? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so you guys obviously know that I'm not the biggest Star Wars uh, fan out there, so I don't know a whole lot about uh, the mythos or multiple characters that he could even tackle. I do kind of agree with Dan here that maybe it's time to take a little bit of a break, let the TV shows kind of take the spotlight. But as far as, say, like the rumor or something of uh, Taiko Watiti, Taiko Watiti is brilliant. And <laughs> we've seen what he was able to do for the Thor franchise. I did see Jojo Rabbit, and I thought that it was absolutely brilliant. And he did an amazing job in the season finale for The Mandalorian. So I think that he would be a really good breath of fresh air into the Star Wars uh, realm and maybe just do something that isn't, say, like Jedi, even driven. Um, I don't think necessarily we'd need that because 
we've seen so much of it. And I know that this probably like uh, just blasphemous to say is like you know you like Star Wars, you love freaking Jedi, so you're gonna want to see yeah. Jedi. So I completely yeah. understand that. But you know we we love the Mandalorian, and there's no like mention really of Jedi uh, other than you know of course we got to see what we saw um, in the last episode of the Mandalorian, which was freaking cool as hell. Like Giancarlo Esposito as uh, Moff Gideon was. So cool. But, um, yeah, what you going to call it? Um, I don't know. I just think that anything that Taika is involved in, he's going to do an amazing job. So I don't see necessarily a problem of him being involved in the Star Wars community and getting his hands on something. But I'm okay if they just kind of go with the TV shows because – not only are they doing a really good job so far with The Mandalorian, but I feel like this is also a way for those who are like me, um, maybe not necessarily the biggest fans, to kind of ease our way into liking this genre a lot more than we did before. See, it's blasphemous to say that uh, <laughs> we don't need any more Jedi. We need more Jedi. And then we need more Jedi on top of that. And then we need more Jedi on top of that. Just load it up with Jedi. Um, they are crucial to the Star Wars story. Um, every facet of Star Wars story has a form of Jedi. The only reason the Mandalorian does not have any Jedi is because it happens to take place right after the extermination of all Jedi. <laughs> if not for that, there would still be Jedi. So in this world exist lightsabers because the Sith exist. Um, well, let me not say the Sith. If you've seen Rise of Skywalker, you know what, what, what's happening in this time period of the Mandalorian. Um, we also know Rebels isn't that far after um, or isn't that far before the Mandalorian. So the idea of Jedi are out there. They just don't necessarily exist on the show. The Darksaber is an old Mandalorian um, crest. I, do you know the story behind the, the Darksaber, Tia? No, I don't. Dan, do you know the story behind the Darksaber? I do not. All right, so the Darksaber was the Mandalorian, obviously, we know our crew very prideful. They despise Jedi. They blame Jedi for uh, a lot of their problems. Uh, so obviously they know Jedi have lightsabers. So they wanted to create a weapon that only exists one. There is not two darksabers. So if John Favreau decides to do that, that is not something that has been done before. Um, it was a weapon created from one of the Mandalorians was a Jedi turned into a Mandalorian. Um, so he created the darksaber from a crystal. Um, and the darksaber was passed down through generations of, of Mandalore. Um, what's funny about um, the character having it in the Mandalorian is, if you watch Rebels, which I'm, I don't know if you did, Tia or, or Dan, but if you watch Rebels, there's a character that has that dark saber. Um, so it'll be interesting to figure out how the character in the Mandalorian got that saber. Um, because they're all canon. So, I mean, it, it's just... Lightsabers always exist. Jedi's always exist. Even Rogue One, that does not have a Jedi in it, its best scene came from a lightsaber. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it should always exist that lightsabers are there. 
But um, but no, I, I I'm with you, Tia. Anything Taika Waititi does right now, he's gold. Um, so I mean, it, it makes sense that Disney's wanting to keep Taika going. I think Taika should direct an animated movie next. Um, you know, because I think Taika could kind of really let loose and have fun with it. <clears throat> uh, and to, we saw this a lot on Twitter, Tia. I know you did. Uh, if anyone who thinks Taika shouldn't do Star Wars because he's just a comedy guy. Remember, the Russo brothers came from comedy and directed easily the greatest Marvel movie to date, and then proceeded to create three other great, great Marvel movies <laughs> in a row. Um, so, I mean, clearly people can have range. But go ahead, Tia. Well, I was just going to say, anyone who says that, like, I will refer to Jojo Rabbit, and I know that Dan hasn't seen it, so no spoilers. But I'm just saying that sometimes those who are really good in comedy, and you always say this, Joanne, that comedians can really, like, dig down deep into, like, darkness. And Taika uses his comedy to amplify the real serious um, tones in, say, Jojo Rabbit. And I think he was also able to do that in Fort Ragnarok. Like, yeah, there were a lot of funny moments. But there are also a lot of, like, heartfelt, serious moments as well. And I think that you know, don't just think of him as a comedy guy, you know, uh, he will be able to do that comedy, and that just is going to make all of the serious moments hit so much more. No, I'm completely with you. People just dismiss it um, as if comedy is not a form of art. Um, it takes a lot to be funny. It's it's not an easy thing to do. Um, so, I mean, a lot of these guys are more dramatic actors that just happen to be funny. Um Perfect example is if you watch, I think it's called Barry, with the guy from Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. Bill Hader. Um, you watch yeah. that show, you go, man, this guy can act. Well, Bill Hader would tell you, duh, you don't get to do Saturday Night Live for like a decade, and you, you're only quote-unquote funny. You have to be able to do more than that. Um, so, I mean, I would definitely say if you have not seen Jojo Rabbit, which I have not, but I obviously have different views on people. Um, people from the comedy world. Uh, check out Jojo Rabbit. I've heard nothing but great things. Tia's raved about it. Uh, so make sure you guys go check out Jojo Rabbit. I think all of these movies that are nominated for Oscars are back in the theater for like a week or, or, or two. Um, yeah, so like no excuse. You guys can go out and, and check out Jojo Rabbit. Um, but all right, that's all we have. Uh, for today's show. Today's show was a lot of fun. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Tia. Dan, let them know where they can find you. Sure, yeah. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Aquino 122 uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I'm also a part of, as you heard at the beginning of the show, they called this a movie. That's uh, The Main Damie. You could find us on Twitter also at The Main Damie. Uh, we also have a Dungeons and Dragons podcast, which I am a part of, and that is Stranger Damies, and on Twitter that is at Stranger Damies. So, please drop us a line. Let us know if you hate us, if you love us, or just wanna, you know, you wanna talk. We're all friendly people. They are very friendly over there, but only positive. All right, unless the negative is constructive. Um, yeah, but yeah, that'll work. Make sure but you- any interactive <laughs> is, is good. <laughs> make sure you guys check them out they are part of the family and those guys are amazing see you can attest to that you listen to the episodes all the time right 
every single week. Anytime that they come out with a new one, I'm like, yes, I have something to listen on my commute home. Absolutely. We definitely they appreciate are. that. Yeah, for sure, man. You guys, you guys produce great, great, great content. Um, and, and of course, that's why we have you on here with us, because you produce great content. But um, speaking of great content, Tia, you had a top 10 today. Uh, you want to let the people know what it was about? Yes, absolutely. This uh, week's top 10 was a whole lot of fun. It was the top 10 music moments from the MCU. So any moment that had to do with like either an actual song or the soundtrack and you just really wanted to talk about it, how the music really just helped sell that specific scene, we went through it and we laughed and went through just a ton of great moments. And I think that, honestly, it's one of my favorites. Make sure you guys check that out. That episode sounds like it was a lot of fun. Uh, Tia happens to do her show uh, when I am in my comatose state. Um, so I don't join a lot of them, but I will work my way to get to being up so I can get on an episode of Top 10. I miss doing Top 10. Uh, make sure you guys check out an all-new episode. You. Uh, I'll definitely get on one soon, T, I promise. Make sure you guys check that out, but thank you guys for joining us. Everyone stay tuned. Me and Joel, we will be doing our Facebook Live this week. We didn't do it last week because Joel was sick um so we got a lot to cover so make sure you guys stay tuned for an all-new episode of that this upcoming week but till then we will see you guys same time same place next week peace see you later <laughs>